Happy Easter from the language of play. How many of you are making Easter dinner and you have little ones underfoot? Or maybe you have those middle kids that are trying to be super helpful and sometimes they are. Or maybe you have those teens that you want to be helpful and you hear an excuse. How is it that we can make the holiday preparation time a family gathering and supportive time? This is what we're talking about today in this bonus episode. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling that you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I'm a mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you'll find solutions to get kids to listen better and build family connection to feel confident in managing difficult behaviors and help your kids build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. When my kids were small, I can remember hosting people for Easter, having people come to my house after I had been cooking and we'd been cleaning and there's an exhaustion level that goes on by the time the party begins. And how many of you mamas get that? Now, I am targeting mamas here. Sorry, dads. I know that most of the time, the brunt of the experience falls on the moms. Kudos to you dads that are helping out. I'm so proud of you and glad that you do. Stereotypically, though, this has been the role that falls on mom. Today, I'm remembering back to what it is that I finally learned that helped me move the needle from being stressed and ornery about preparations to being able to have my kids help me a little bit more and feeling a little bit more relaxed. And that is what I wanted to share with you today. Before I begin, I want to recognize that I have seen a fair number of my listeners actually come from places where Muslim is the primary religion. So I'm so glad to have you here, and I want to say Happy Ramadan to you. You have two more weeks before you are going to be celebrating Eid, which is a wonderful celebration of the end of Ramadan. Now you have an advantage because you've got a couple of weeks here that you can prepare your kids to be able to participate and help. And for those of the rest of us that are listening as we are getting ready for Easter celebrations, you've just got a couple of days. Here we go for today with four ideas that are going to help you to be able to engage your kids, no matter what the age, to pull them in to embrace what it is that we are doing for our holidays. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to consider what the strength is for any of your kids or family members that are going to be participating in the preparation for this holiday. If you have a three-year-old, what is it that they're good at? Are they able to pick up their toys? If so, that is their job. If you have a teen that loves to cook and maybe they like to do sweets, then desserts are their job. Maybe you will have a 12-year-old boy that really likes to be outside. If that's the case, let his job be to pick up the yard. 
If you are able to target what it is that your kids actually enjoy and what it is that they're actually skilled at, what you have taught them already how to do, then you will have more endurance from them and you will have some joy along the way. So that's the first thing. Take the time to think about what it is that each child is good at and what each child already knows well. We know, mamas, that when we are doing a holiday, it is not the time to teach our children. Let me rephrase that a little bit. We do teach our children, but if it is a big skill, that's not the time that you probably want to do it. The big skills need to be broken down into smaller skills. And when it is that you have a holiday time, you will feel more relaxed if you are able to rely on them for what it is that they do know so that you can just fill in the gaps when you find out that there's something missing. Let the big skills be a set-apart time for learning. Unless, of course, this is the plan for this holiday and you have set it apart as the learning time. But if you're in a situation where you actually just want to get ready for company, Don't give them something where they need a lot of your attention. Then give them something that they can do independently. It is the time to rely on them to do what it is that we have already taught them. The second thing is we're going to put celebration throughout the preparation of the day. Of course, Easter was on a Sunday. But our family celebration was fairly often on a Saturday. And that's when people got together to celebrate and play. The preparation for that came then on Friday because we typically didn't have school on that day, on the Thursday or Friday before Easter weekend. So at that time, I would rely on my kids to help me when they were helping. One of the things I remember being a game changer is if I talked with them prior and one of the things that was built in was that we were going to have a pause and a celebration periodically throughout the morning and afternoon of us doing our preparations. So not only did they get to do some of the jobs that they liked and were good at, but they also, after either a certain length of time working or after a certain amount of work, we would pause and we would have a nice meal. We would have a popsicle. We would play frisbee outside. We would do something that was us together and me saying to them, thank you and me telling them what a good job that they did, and me telling them that it's really helpful. And when they understand that they are being helpful, and we're grateful, and we're actually giving them something to be, to do, to eat, to whatever, to celebrate, it's super helpful. And and don't think that the food celebration has to be a treat. My goodness, one of the things that was really powerful with my kids was to give them a really nice meal, food that they actually really enjoyed. So for my family, sometimes that was planning ahead with a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store. That just happens to be one of the things my family particularly liked. And it was something that when it was in the middle of work time for me, that was easy. I could do that too. It didn't add stress to me. Now, how do you actually make this work? What I found was the family meeting. Now, some of us have family meeting as a bad memory of, oh no, we're going to get talked to about what it is that we did wrong. That's not what I'm talking about. Maybe call it something else if that's your history with the family meeting. Maybe a gathering. I don't know what you want to call it. 
We called it family meeting. And so when we met, my kids knew that it was a time that we were going to talk to each other about what's coming up so that we could know each other's needs. And everybody had a voice. As an every night occurrence, we actually did this for about 30 seconds to a minute so that we would talk about what needed to be done, what activities were happening, who was going to pick up, what time they were needing to pick up, all of the details. And so regularly, my family knew that the terminology of family meeting meant come now for a quick check-in. So whatever it is you call it, if you can build in that feeling of, hey, we're just going to check in with each other. We're going to get organized together. So now, how do you make that work? One of the ways when I started the process with my kids, what worked was to put cookies on the table as we would sit and talk to each other. And then I would establish these are the things that we need to talk about. And then when we got done talking about them, then they were free to go. But I was the boss. When you call your family meeting, I want to encourage you to call it in the morning prior to asking the kids to do the work. That way, everybody will understand the big picture. What is the main plan? They know the overall picture of what it is we're trying to accomplish. And then they can see how you have thought it through and you've figured out, here's the different tasks. And then offer the ones to the kids that like those tasks first. And if they don't want them, offer them to another. And if nobody says that they want them, you can just say, hey, these need to be done and I don't care who does them, but these are the things that I want you guys to do. And then when somebody picks it up, and they didn't want to, give extra thanks and lovin's on them. And one other thing I didn't mention is if you can keep yourself happy and light, enjoying the process yourself, eventually that feeling rubs off onto the kids. But it's not easy to do. I get that. I'm not one that has been easily able to stay unstressed, yet... I do know that at the times that I have been able to stay happy and unstressed, it impacts everybody. So parents, when you are preparing for a big event, a holiday, and you want your children to participate and not just get underfoot, the three things I'm going to say to you as ideas. One, give the chore to the child that enjoys that particular chore. Even if they don't do it fast or perfectly, if they enjoy it, that's their chore for the day. And if they know how to do it, that's their chore. The second thing, plan for celebrations throughout the day. And those celebrations are very quick, very simple, and they're just acknowledging to your children, thank you. That was helpful. I appreciate your work. And sometimes it'll go with, a popsicle or a little play outside with frisbee or computer time, whatever it is you want. The third thing falls exclusively on you, moms and dads, and that is to plan ahead for this meeting. When you call them together to talk about who does what, think about who's good at what. Think about what kind of celebration fits the activities that are actually going on. What kind of celebration, even if it's a 10-second celebration, what fits what you're trying to accomplish in your time frames? Those are the three things. What the kids love, plan celebrations, 
and have a family meeting to explain it, to give the global picture to your kids so that they can see the big picture. I wish you a very happy Easter, and I hope you enjoy the preparations as well. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below. Thank you.